Pixelated Perfect. Um, super excited today. We are live in New York City together. Um, this is Anthony Conta. So this is Anthony, your second time on the podcast, is, yeah. which is very, very exciting. Um, and one of the big reasons you are back on the podcast is because you are coming out with a book. That's right. Yeah. August 3rd. Yeah, it comes out very soon. Yes. Yeah. And the title is? Uh, the Art and Science of UX Design. Yes. And so we're going to get into all the details because I'm super excited to dive deeper with you. Um, but I just wanted to kind of catch up with the audience. So where we left off from our last podcast when you were, when we were chatting was, um, you talked through your career. So you had a non-traditional path into product design. Um, I love, one of the things that I remember very vividly was like, you kind of started your own gaming company, right? Perfect. So that was super fascinating. Um, maybe we could do a quick little sure, yeah. background on that. And you did a boot camp, and basically you rapidly moved your way up. You really found your footing in the product design space. And so we left off where you had just started a new role as senior designer at Amazon Music. That's right, yeah. And so it's been a few months since then. Yep. Um, so I wanted to kind of dive a little deeper into how that's been. Um, and I know another big thing that's been happening in your life is that you are going to be teaching at Pratt. That's right. Yeah. Teaching Pratt Institute right here in uh, New York City. It's a few blocks away. Actually. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> and you're going to be teaching like a design course. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, much like writing the book, like I'll be teaching a course with like similar materials of like learning product design from zero to one and like how to do, you know, the thing that I do every right. day. <laughs> right. And I think something that's like, I've all like, one of the reasons I kept in touch with you and I love the podcast that we had is like, you came from like a background of starting junior and you worked your way up and you're a mentor and you're teaching and you're passionate about it. And right. I think that's like amazing. And I think that's very inspirational for all the designers out there in whatever way you choose to do your product direct design career. Totally. Yeah. You know, like the, the thing for me about teaching is like, I, I can really like empathize, yes. <laughs> you know, with like my students since I literally like did the things that they have to do now and that I'm teaching. Right. Like this. So like, going through like learning how to make a portfolio, like redoing your portfolio or like working on it for the first time. And I, I, there's a lot of empathy there. <laughs> and, you know, I think I can relate to that. Right. And I think that's a huge reason why like being a teacher and teaching something that you know so personally is right. really, really yeah. effective. You know, like something in academia that I've been learning that, that I didn't know is like um, a lot of people who end up teaching like might not necessarily have that like product experience, like working on the product. So like having a, an instructor who like has worked on the products, like really is able to contextualize a lot of those experiences for the students. So I know that's something that um, Brad valued in me that I have like the industry experience. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think that's like super valuable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, totally. I was actually just chatting about this with my team, like kind of similar um, is how we sell the design project. Uh -huh. And so I'm the main salesperson. Okay. And I think why it's being it's so successful I'm, I'm not a salesperson like i'm a designer right but because i know what i'm selling yeah. and because i'm like passionate about it i can relate to people in a different way than if you were to hire a salesperson right yeah it's that like relational element that yes. just like gives it much um, much more substantial you know like that but yeah it really helps yes exactly exactly so kind of similar <laughs> um well thank you so much for being, sure. being here i'm super excited yay new york live um so let's dive into it before we jump into well actually book so something special we have for all the listeners right, right. is that we have a discount code that um, everyone out there that's listening can 
get this code and be able to save how much? What tell yeah, us? What so, it so it's a thirty five percent off. Um, if you use uh, you know my name Kanta, like you can C O N T A, you get a discount on uh, Peach Pit, which is um the this publication within Pearson, which is the the company um, publishing the book. So you don't have to go to Peach Pit's website and then use that code and you'll be all set. So perfect. So yes, um, thirty five percent off. Peach Pit will give you the code um, and the link below and you guys can save some money and be able to read the amazing book stories guide that you are putting on the world. So, yeah. um, okay, well, perfect. So before we talk too much, before we get into the book, which is what I really want to dive into, I want to kind of hear how things are going. Sure. As yeah. senior product designer at Amazon yeah. Music, you had just started yeah. or you were just starting. Um, how's it been going? What's like learning experiences how long have you been there right yeah totally so we're coming up on about a year um so i, I started august august of uh, 2023 um and things are going well you know like i'm learning more about like building a product at like such a large scale so like other places i've worked at these are big places you know thousands of people employed right. at these places but um there's thousands of people just in our org within right. <laughs> you know Amazon, which employs what, like 180,000 people? Like, just like a lot, maybe more. Uh, I don't know the full number. I think we're like second largest. I think Walmart's like technically like the largest employer in the world, but there's okay. like, like those numbers shift, right? So, right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so trying to like fit into that and make sure that there's all sorts of alignment and there's all sorts of processes that work and operate at that scale. Um, so I think that's like been one of the bigger learnings for me of like, you know, yeah, I can do the design. I've done it in a bunch of other places, but like, can you do the design like with everyone else to make sure it all fits into that? And fits into like the product experience. And then you have all the customers, like there's so many different use cases, right. people using it and, and everything else. So um yeah, I mean it's it's good. Yeah. 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 So what is your day to day? Is it like a combination of like meetings and like mm -hmm. deep design work? Um yeah. it, it really is uh, I think uh, last time I said tapas, right? Like yes. like just the career tapas. Like it's that and like a, an individual job, you know. Like so some days like today, like I have a meeting, we talk about some designs with like the whole team and then I, you know, I go away and I do some deep thinking about those designs. Um, you know, sometimes it's doing research. So like understanding, you know, what customers want or how they think about your designs after you like show them. Um, sometimes it's like talking with products about like figuring out like the strategy of like where you want to go with the feature. Sometimes it's like working with developers to like build it and, you know, bash bugs, make sure it's built to spec, you deliver those specs. It really is all over the place. So there's never like a, like a, today is like a day, like any other day. It's like, everything's a little different. Right. Which I like. Which, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, like a beauty working in product design is I feel like every day is a little yeah, different, which is right. fun. <laughs> and I, I need that. Like, I can't have the like, you know, clock in, clock out. Like, I'm just, I can't. Yes, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I guess like, I guess my question is for the listeners out there that are maybe looking to join a really large organization, or maybe they're even in a large organization, any like tips or tricks that you've learned just past year that might be helpful? Yeah, I think showing your thinking is really important. Um, so you don't necessarily do that at like smaller places because you're moving so fast or like, you know, there's like maybe like 12 people on your team. I'm just making up a number, but like a small set of people right. on your team that know the ins and outs of everything. But like, because it's so big, I'm working on a side of the product that while it, a lot of people do like come to that, um, from a user's perspective, it's like one of the main screens of the product. Um, you know, people don't necessarily know how it works and all the edge cases and use cases. So like documentation is really important there, or at least like showing how you got to an answer. Yeah. rather than just saying this is the answer um and then involving people on that journey is really important as well so that kind of came up today we're like you know, uh, one learning for me is like maybe i need to do that a little bit more than i have yeah. them yeah um so that uh they can be a little bit more involved in the thinking and seeing where that comes from and how i got to a conclusion so like socializing that is like really hard 
at like a large org and you have to like do a lot of work towards that. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, totally. I like, I like what you said. And I think showing your work is super important, getting everyone on board to follow that journey with right. you. Cause then you get buying and people, you get opinions and all yeah. the things come with it, but I'm sure at this super large organization, everyone's so busy doing so many things. So how right. can you have people follow along with the journey? Yeah. How can you give them what they need? I mean, that's always the challenge for yeah. us, but yeah. I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, like like I've had to do that before as well, but like not to this extent. Yes, yeah, it's, right. Because it's so much larger. You know? Right, it's like, right. It's like a city. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> like literally, like there are cities, right, that uh, are this big or smaller even than the amount of people that Amazon employs. So, yes. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Um, well, now we get to your book. That's what sure. I'm yeah. really yeah. So I would love to kind of hear, I think, why well, I have a lot. Oh, my brain's over. I have a lot of questions, but maybe you could tell us um, a little bit about the premise of the book. What sure. is the book about? Um, yeah, let's start there. Absolutely. So um, for me, this book is like, you know, how do I do design? Like, what what is that thing? Like, how do I perform it? Like, how do I actually do it? Like, a lot of the books that I've read in the past are, are very heavy on, like, theory. So it's like, oh, this is, like, what a process is. And, like, this is how you do it generally. And then, like, but, like, it loses a lot of... Um, uh, I don't want to say substance, but like, you just don't necessarily like, like, like you go away from reading it and you're like, oh, how do I do it? You know, like you just read about this theory and you're really excited to apply it, but then you don't necessarily see an example, right. you know? So what I wanted to do with this book is, um, you know, maybe instead of art and science, like theory and practicality would also maybe be a good name for this book, but I like mm -hmm. art and science more, uh, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, but really what it is, is like, here's a theory or a framework or a practice. Then here's an example of like how that a practice is applied. Then the third layer is, okay, now um, you do it, like, like go do it yourself. Like I provide exercises throughout each theory um, or, or subchapter. And then um, I did it. So you can look at what I did. So like you get these four layers of like, okay, not just the rule, but the application, but you're going to apply it and have applied learning, which I think as an educator is extremely important because then it like sticks a lot better. There are like studies that show this, but also in my own practice, yeah. uh, if I've noticed this. And then also like, oh, but I just want to see like examples. Yeah. So I give those examples as well. Yes. Yeah. But you don't have to like do what I did and I show it to you after. So you're not influenced by it. So like really you're like not supposed to like look at that section until the back of the book. That's where it is. Right. So like just do it. And then like after you've done it, maybe even done a couple, then go see like what I did for those and like go see the divergence because my answer's not right. You know, like it's an answer. Right. It's not the answer. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I when so background for everyone is Anthony and I had lunch a few weeks yeah. ago and I dove a little deeper with him and like the fact that it's like a step-by-step -step guide is so awesome like I I'm so excited for that because I think that's something that's missing like something that I always say is like how can you apply these thinking I think that's like a huge educational thing and I've never I've never like done a course or done anything where I feel like I had like something tangible to take away and that I really felt like I learned it and I could apply it Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you're taking this concept and you're trying to like allow people. Right. Yeah. I want to like invite you in. I want it to be like a roadmap. You know, the people that do this may not have ever done design before. This might right. be like the first time they're doing it, or maybe they've like done parts of design, but like don't know other parts. So right. um, having this like perspective on like, you should do these steps probably in this order. I, I say that you don't have to, and, you know, right. there's like a little bit of nuance within each of these steps. Um, that's just like how design is, but like, here's like, a way that you could approach this much more approachably, really, like you can yeah. do it with these with these steps. Yeah. yeah. And I also think that you showing your own work in the back of the book, like, I feel like us visual people, 
would really like to see an example. Like it's really powerful. And there's so many people um, like my co-founder, who's like a data nerd and like obsessed with the business side of things. I'm always like, he's like, this is my idea. Go do it. And I'm like, but I need an example. I don't know. And so I think yeah. having something tangible is so powerful. Yeah. And I think um, where that really clicked for me was when I was at General Assembly going through the boot camp. Um, I, we had instructors and like the instructors like explained the concept. I was like, oh, this is really helpful. And then like, we'd go to the work. Like, wait, what are we doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So like our instructors realized this and they actually like showed us examples from, from projects. And we were just like, oh, like that's like a, you can see it concretely rather than have it abstractly. And, and that's like super important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's not that we need to see it because we want to copy it. It's like helping us get, it's all, it's like research, it's design. Right. It's like, oh, we need to understand it, see how other people do it, look yeah. at inspiration right. to get right. to the next in the, stage. In the same way that you would make this for a stakeholder and be like, yes. here it is. Exactly. Like, like that's the, um, that's the thing that we would do here too, right? Like a thousand percent. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the other piece that I said I was going to get back to is like the art and science element of it. So I think this field, like a lot of fields, you know, a lot of things like require left brain, life brain, right brain type of um, thinking. So I think like the fact that this is like artistic, obviously it's like design, it's very visual, uh, but there's also like a science to it. Like there are steps, there are procedures that you can do, theories and and um, statistical evidence that you can gather and like a lot of things that you relate to science that really come to play in this, in this field as well. So like showing both of those like, bringing that together feels like a part, like an integral part of this one. Yeah. And I, I like that you called that because I think that's design in general. It's like people think of it. Some people are like, oh, it's visual. It's only visual. And then people that come into <laughs> the industry yeah. might be like, oh, I'm, it's really data heavy. And it really is a combination of both. So I think you're, you're taking right. these high level concepts and you're combining it. And it makes sense. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's actually what really scared me about like going to the bootcamp in the first place was like this concept of like visual, like being like so associated with like the design fields. I was like, I, I can't do a wireframe, you know, like that, right. that was terrifying to me um, at the time. Uh, but then I attended like an info session and uh, got to speaking to some designers and they were like, well, actually like the wireframes are definitely important and they are, but like the, the ability to like craft an argument and like explain your point and back it up with data and research. And these are things that I've done before, like a lot. So I felt really good about those pieces. Yes. Um, and um, I'm really glad that I had that conversation because then I might not have entered this field if I didn't know that it's more than just visual. It is more than just art. Like there's like more to this than that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what's really funny is I have the exact opposite. So I went to school for design. Like I always was like doing something with my hands and I graduated with a graphic design degree. So it was right. that. And like moving into product design, I was like, I, you want me to throw together a website, I got it. You want me to think about data? I have no idea what to do, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Like, I'm like, I don't know, but I think it's, yeah, learning yeah. both sides of it. Right, I guess powerful. we'd make a good team then. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Combining, that's super interesting, I love that. Um, okay, so I wanna talk about like how you came up with this format. Sure, yeah. Um, so I've been heavily influenced by my teaching, um, you know, my mentoring with uh, teaching at CUNY, now Pratt. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, I'm really heavily influenced by the uh, Nielsen-Norman design thinking model. Um, and, and a lot of these models are similar, uh, but I really like Nielsen-Norman's, the way that they visually represent their their model and their steps. Um, and I feel like each of the steps that they have like really plays into uh, the the process that I have, you know? So like, um, <laughs> we'll see if I can, you know, fully get off the top of my head, uh, define, empathize, uh, ideate, prototype, test, implement. There we go. Yeah, those, those six steps. And yes. each of those steps are actually a chapter. In the book. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first chapter is like, hey, what's UX? Like, what's UI? What's like product design? You know, like, what are these things? Um, cognitive load is probably like my favorite chapter or subchapter in the book. Um, I love that theory. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, two to seven are uh, those six steps that I just mentioned. And then eight is like, okay, but like, what am I doing now? Like, okay, well, we can go in the industry. Here's some jobs that you can look at. You can make a portfolio. You know, all the exercises you just did actually can be a portfolio for you if you want to tie that together. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, and then like some like, how do I work with others? How do I receive feedback? Like those are some of the other chapters in there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so a couple of questions. One thing sure. we didn't really mention that you just touched on is that you can take this book and you can actually create a portfolio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's kind of an important part. I'm glad right. you brought it up. <laughs> and it's awesome because I feel like a lot of people leave school or whatever, and they might have something little, but they don't have like a full project. Right. And it's like, whatever you learn, how can you apply it? And you're actually giving them the steps to go in and create. Yeah, that's right. So so I um I, I offer up a prompt at the, at the like beginning of the book, near the beginning. And it's like, hey, like you could use this prompt to like frame your your work. Like all these exercises work with this prompt. They also work with another prompt if you was like a project you want to work on. Or if you like do all the exercises again, you could just like use your own prompt or whatever. But here's a prompt. We're going to work from this, or at least I will. You can follow along with this uh, if you want to, and you'll see like how I did it. Um, but that prompt is like pretty open-ended and allows you to um, explore all the techniques. So, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then that could be a case study if you like write it and put it into one right. uh, for some perspective on like how to do that and how to like choose a platform to host it on if you want to do like a Squarespace or like a, you know, whatever, yeah. really, or even like a PDF portfolio. But yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You get to go through these steps and you get something tangible yeah. to show right. for it yeah, and yeah. get a job. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's all opt-in by the way. Like you have to, like you right. can enjoy these theories and just like bring them to your work or like bring them to your practice. Like maybe you're like, oh yeah, like how do I do a survey? You know, I forget, you know, and like you want to do like a, you want to zoom in on like one piece of the puzzle. So right. trying to like match multiple learners. Exactly. And I think that's something important too, if your book is not necessarily in a chronological order, like maybe for a full, but if you have something specific you want to dive deeper into, you can go back to your book, yeah. you can go back to this chapter, you can go back and reference it in a right. way. Yeah. yeah. So like you could uh, be in the middle of a project and like one to the end, or like, oh, like I'm going to do this project again, or like I need to update it. Like, like it's, it's like a, it's like agile, you know, like it's like you can move around that agile in the software term. But like, right. Yeah. Totally. No, that's great. Right. That's great. Um, and so something else you mentioned is you just talked about your favorite chapter or sub chapter. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I love this concept of like, um, cognitive load. Like, do, do you know what this is? Or okay, so, so there's this concept that like, um, there's something called cognitive load, which is like how much information that we can process like any one time. Yeah. So like, there's like, um, first there's like, um, sensory memory. Like what do we perceive? What do we hear? Like, what do we see? So like right now, you know, I see you and like we're having a conversation, I hear words and all sorts of stuff. Um, so much of that like makes it into like our, our working memory space of like, we have to like understand what this is. So like we, we get inputs, which is the information, visual audio, whatever. And then our brain like processes that information. And some of the, that processing like recalls from like long-term memory, what things are. And some of it recalls, um, from short-term memory and recycles it there and either commits it to long-term or like shoots it out of your brain. So you forget it yes. entirely. Yeah, and then like, right, right. So a lot of my stuff just goes that way. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, like, so, so this whole process is like, you can only understand so much at one time. And this really matters for like designing experiences. Cause if I'm bombarding you with a lot of lights and sound and, or even just information, you get cognitively overloaded. So an example that I have within that section is like, um, you ever like go on Netflix and like try to like watch something yes. and there's like thousands and thousands of pieces of content. And, and this is no knock to any of the people in this chapter, by the way, like these, these companies are very, very successful. Um, but for, for that idea, and this could happen on any streaming service or, you know, listening to music, whatever, like trying to figure out what to eat for dinner, you yes. know, like this is a, a thing that, cause you're just bombarded by so much information you could like shut down and right. like not, and then just like, okay, yeah, I'll just like 
order singles again. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, so like that concept is like really interesting because it applies to more than just design for me, like digital design. Like it applies to like life and just like daily decisions that I make, you know? Yeah. So I, I just didn't know there was like a, a word for it. Think of it as like a glass of water and like you're overflowing it. Right. And versus like you have to move some of the stuff out of the water before you can like fill it up again. Yeah. Like, so it's like that. Right. And think about like we're solving for that as designers. Like yeah. everyone's bombarded with 10,000 things. Okay. So yeah. how can we make everyone's life a little bit easier? Right. So there are like UX rules that are like, um, you know, like don't have like more than seven choices because like people can't like really handle that. You yes. know, like you should give them like three choices or like five max. You know, like there are like certain rules that um, like laws of UX that, that apply in those scenarios. Right. Yeah. And so in this chapter, you're also giving like tips and tricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like the, the, um, the Netflix example, if, if we, you know, since I pulled that one, um, like Netflix used to have, I think they got rid of it, but they used to have this um, shuffle button. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you don't know what to watch. Like you hit the end of the queue and you're like, all right, just like random. And then like, that's just like a way to alleviate that problem. And Netflix put that at the bottom to solve this problem. Like they're aware yes. of this cognitive load problem. So like they're trying to like fix it, you know, yes. which is why we now see like updates uh, on the top shovelers that they have, like their top carousels. Right. Uh, which is like very contextualized to, to you or like trending content. Right, right. Yeah, rather than just like a list of stuff. Right. And I mean, let's talk about YouTube, like the birth yeah. of it, right? right. Like <laughs> that is where it came from. And then all, obviously there's all like the drama and everything comes out of like you get, you're getting sourced this information. Are you seeing all the sides? And then people yeah. get down the rabbit hole and then all yeah. of the ethical implications that come with it. Right. And this is why like algo training is so important for you. So you can like reduce your load, like not see as much as you want to see. And that's why companies feel like really get that right, right. Um, in order to maintain that stickiness. So, so like these are like very well-known problems by these companies. That, yes. Um, all relate back to this concept of cognitive load. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds fancy. It like, does. It's really, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. Um, so what was this process? I guess like, why did you want to write a book and how did this process go? So I've been doing a lot of writing. Um, so I write a lot of medium, uh, for example, like a blog site. Um, and, uh, you know, I started doing that actually GA, like really nudged me in that direction because they thought writing about your case studies is really helpful. It is. You do that. Uh, if you can, you know, tip, tip. yeah, it's a little tip. Uh, authors know. Um, but, uh, you know, so like I, I've been doing that a lot and I was like, okay, I have all these lectures. I have all this like educational content that I've been preparing uh, that I own. And I was like, okay, well, can I do anything with that? So I started writing and I, th I thought that I'd release some of those articles. Um, but then I, I started shopping the book around, went to Pearson. They were really interested in the book. Um, so I worked with them very heavily in order to uh, craft it to the, the book that we got today. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember from lunch, you were like, it was a lot. There's a lot of, it's a lot of, oh, yeah. it's a amazing, lot of amazing editorial team. Uh, they're just like really, really like making sure all the words are like perfect and uh, making sure that the, but, but making sure the author's intent is still there, like really good peer reviewers who, who really helped like provide industry perspective, you know, software engineer. We had a couple other designers like weighing in a researcher, um, just making sure that like the content is like appropriate, you know, and like actually reflective of like the industry um and then just like great like graphic design for the book itself and like you know just like all around i was i, was, I didn't know what to expect yeah. but i was blown away <laughs> which was great yeah, yeah that's amazing i mean i feel like you're like you were like i'm gonna write a book and you just started it and you did it right and so like i think that's a great learning for everyone there's so many things that 
maybe we don't know or we're scared about, but you just got to jump in and look, you literally wrote a book and you're being published and like, that's so cool. And you didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I did, I never like, like, I never like grew up saying, oh, I want to write a book. I just really want to write a textbook. That just like, wasn't, you know, on my radar, but um, I, I think over the years, like all the education stuff just like led me towards really wanting to share this knowledge. And like, I think people can really benefit from it. So yeah, a thousand percent. And, so another kind of relation I have from you telling me more about the book is your background in gaming. Yeah, that's right. And so yeah. it kind of feels almost like a game, like you have steps bit. and yeah. a guide and like... Yep, uh, you can opt in, you know, like you don't have to go on these side quests, you know, <laughs> that I have of like making all the uh, the, the different, you know, uh, exercises. But if you do, you get a big achievement at the end of portfolio. That's a, that's a pretty big, yeah. you know... Uh, there are like, yeah there are <laughs> yeah like i the, my, my learning style is kind of just like opt-in you know like yeah. here's a thing you could listen to this if you want to or you don't it's up to you to decide whether or not this is valuable oh you do want to listen to this great here's like other stuff you could do here's some exercises um you don't have to do all of them you have to do any of them but if you want to like i i think learning is like an opt-in like you know make your your students like care about it and then like show them the value of it and then they decide whether or not they want to do it um, wait, what's that adage of like, you know, like teaching someone to like love the sea, like you, you're not like making a sailor, you're like teaching them like the love of the sea and that, that makes them a sailor. You yes. know what I mean? Like I, I'm definitely butchering the metaphor there, yes. but it's that intent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you're taking your book and you're going to be teaching it. It's basically, this is yeah, the guide. Yeah. Yeah. It. So, so there, there's going to be a lot of that, of like, um, the, the lessons learned from the book are going to be woven as the curriculum being in person with these students is going to change some things that makes that like a curated experience for them. So it's not just like a one-to-one -one thing, but um, the, the principles in this book, yes, are definitely applied to, to the curriculum and uh, have been applied to, to other curriculums as well. Right. Yeah. Great. And that's awesome. Which like helped hone the book as it is like by teaching it in other places. I like learned what does and doesn't work, came up with some really interesting exercises. I think one of my favorite exercises is um, the, uh, the affinity map. So uh, an affinity map is like you take a bunch of user interviews for people that don't know, like you take a bunch of user interviews, um, which is you talking to people and like getting insights from them. And then like you write down on post-it notes, like key insights uh, from those conversations. And then you map them to like draw correlations between them. Um, so, so what I did was I, I took a real world data set that I did for like a different project. And I, I wrote down all my key observations and I invite the, the reader to do that. So you can actually go into FigJam and, and map it. Like you have a data set that I provided you, like what insights do you see? And then Whoa. the reader does that and then they understand and they can have that exercise. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been really good for my students. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to what we said about like you being the end user and how powerful it is. Yeah, because like I know, yeah. <laughs> like it, like I'm designing kind of for me. Right. Or like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I a question I have for you is I, a lot of um, people that I've talked to interviewed on the podcast are mentors. Um, okay. And so I know you being successful, becoming like a teacher at an institute and everything. What advice do you have for um, mentors that would like to be better at mentoring or teaching? Sure. Or yeah. Growing? So like my growth path as a mentor, like it, it really started from a does the student like me? Can, like what about this relates to me? It was very like internal. You know, um, what I've, I've since like become a little bit more confident in that space. And it's like, oh, it's not about me. They're coming to me, but not about me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, like that was like, yeah, right. like, like, 
like it was like almost like a, I don't want to say it was a trauma response, but like that, that idea of like, oh my God, I got to make sure this is like the value that I'm delivering for the student, you know? Right. So like being able to postpone that and like know that I'm doing that allows me to like open it up to be less about me. So I, I would, you know, in the past do that um, in my earlier years of doing it. And then um, it, it then shifted to, okay, like I feel more comfortable about this, but I'm like giving you advice. So like, I'm telling you what to do, which is fine. You know, like some people do need that. And then right. on some projects they are saying, so what should I do here? Yes. Um, but now I've come away from that because it's not about saying, do this. It's about um, helping them figure out what they should do rather than telling them what to do. Like a, like a show note, don't tell like type of policy. So now what I do is it's much more like, okay, what do you bring to the table? What are you curious about? What do you want to know? I'll point out any gaps that I see. If like you really don't have anything um, or if you do have something, but you want that and I can sense that or like I really think there's something you should know. But really, it's like, how can I help you? You know, like not like this is what you should do. Have you thought of doing this? Like it's it's a different it's a shift. It's subtle, but um, it ends up being less prescriptive. Right. It's like the way that you phrase it is really powerful. Yeah, 100%. And it's key. And so, yeah, I feel like all of these learnings and everything that you've gotten out of this path of becoming a mentor has led you to this right. place of writing this book and putting it in a language where it's like, hey, you can do these things yeah. if you choose. Right. This is what I suggest. Or you can go to wherever you want. And yeah. <laughs> and jump around. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do this in this, this steps. Like there are some techniques that you can do at certain points. Um, like, do you have to do a competitive analysis at the start of a project? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you look at the competitors after you've designed something because you don't want to be influenced by that. Like, these things are like amorphous, you know, much like the process, but there is like a, a process. There's like general things that you do. You can't test something without having something, right? right. You right. should talk to your users before you make things. Like, these are like, there's certain like milestone events. Yeah. Uh, and that's how like the book is, is structured. Yeah. yeah. And so what, in your book, what was maybe the most challenging part about writing it or maybe section we talked about your yeah. favorite <laughs> yeah 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 your least uh, favorite my least favorite chapter um thinking stuff is hard yes. <laughs> so like the um the the exercises that i had to do where i had to like design um a new product like that took some time uh so like i did the research and the research led to something and like so on and so forth. but then i had to like make wireframes um which as we talked a little bit about before is one of my like Ooh, i don't know um the spots where i can be you know, blank slate scares me okay you know? yes. so like um not having like that directionality of like features and having to come up with those features and like like really is like a, a true blue sky moment yeah. and i've seen a bunch of students struggle with this of like what project should i work on like I, they know the steps right but they don't necessarily know like how to like 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 give that directionality of like what am i going to work on and then okay i know that these are problems what is that solution like that can be really hard um and that was probably the hardest chapter for me, writing, um, designing a solution, the exercises for that. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like some people love that. It's like, oh, I could do anything. And then right. like, but then I'm like, I could do anything. And like, right. yeah, it weighs on you. Right. Exactly. Like... For, for me, like, the possibilities weigh on me. Yeah. Whereas like having a um, direction helps. So. Right. Well, and you, you've kind of tested this out and tried this out and you said students struggle with this part too. They do, so yeah. you're trying right. to write to solve this problem that you have and yeah. that other people have. Right. So how can you write something that you struggle with to help people not struggle when you struggle? Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The loop. Just right there, kind of loop. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's great. I want to talk about collaboration. So sure. you said one thing that um, the book specifically is you got to work with like editors and all yeah. of these people. And how was that process? And how do you maybe compare it to the design process? Yeah. So um, 
I, I think one of the biggest parallels is like different perspectives. You know, like an editor is going to look at something completely differently than I'm going to look at. They're going to think about how it fits on the page and the layout and like the, the tone of voice. I'm just trying to communicate content, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so like having that editorial like slant of like, you should say it in this way. Oh, you're inconsistent with like, you know, this term versus that term. Like you should bring that together. Like it really adds this like level of polish to the book that I think is helpful and, and can also help with um, design itself. So like, uh, for example, we have a copy team, you know, working on the product that we work on. That copy team informs like how to say, you know, in the tone of voice of the customer. Uh, that's really helpful. That's not something that I fully am aware of or I'm thinking about or I don't necessarily see it in all the places that that it occurs in our products. So having that perspective, these different perspectives um, help with your blind spots. You know, like yeah. having a researcher review my book, uh, he provided so much insight into like the the terminology that I was using and all the trends that were happening and like the various studies that I could reference. So like those like little spots show me what I'm missing without me knowing that I'm missing it. So I think that really helps in the design process as well. Like um, I think uh, building products is a team sport, you know, like yeah, absolutely. Like you can't have one person build it all. Like that's not possible. Or if that person like doesn't have like anything else going on or yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like totally. or like the products, like small scale relative to everything else. So like you, you just need that team. You need those perspectives. You need those skill sets and those, those tools and that knowledge. Yeah, totally. And I'm sure it's like also a level of getting rid of your ego and really like yeah. building, the, writing the best thing you can because there's probably a lot of things you didn't know and people are coming in yeah. with, oh, this is not the right language, this is the right word. And you're like, oh gosh, I've been using this <laughs> term or, or as an example. So yeah, right. like I like I am not like I I'm not gonna I'm not reading the book, right? Like I'm writing the book. Other yeah. people are reading it. So um the way that they perceive knowledge is something that I need to be aware of. And I might perceive it in one way, but like when other people read it, they might see it in a different way. So having that perspective is really valuable. Yeah. No, that's that's a super interesting insight. I've always been curious like how yeah. that process works. It's fun. Right? You know, like uh, you know, I write a thing and then they like review it. They're like look at all these things. I'm like, oh yeah, I should edit that. Right. And then I do and then yeah, the process <laughs> it's right. Yeah. Right. Um, so one question I have for you is design, product design is changing rapidly. Sure is. <laughs> today is oh, yeah. something new, right? Yep. What's uh, what's on AI today, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're publishing a book, it's printed, it's yep. not gonna change yep. right now. Like, how does sure. that feel? What is that? It's a little intimidating, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> so I was looking at some of the references, like the the screenshots, and and uh, I was like, oh, you're starting to add these features and functionalities to your your um your product. You know, like, so there's an example in the book that has like um Barnes and Noble versus Amazon, and Amazon has like the buy now, like the one click buy. And um, at the time that I took that screenshot, I was like, oh, Barnes and Noble doesn't have this feature, and then yeah, <laughs> they've added it. But right. at the time, they didn't, so like they were right. behind in that perspective. But um. Yeah, like these UIs change. That's that's the real challenge of writing any book. You go back and look at like they'll make me think like did those you know were references taken at that time. So that's why that book had to get updated, and that's why like this book may have to get updated in the future, and that's okay, you know. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's a snapshot in time. Yeah. I like that's yeah. a good way to look at it because like I think that would be intimidating for me. Like, oh gosh, I do all this research and put this together, and then everything's gonna change. But it's not. It's it is you're teaching. It's like a groundwork that right. you're setting. So it's. Yeah, much like any book is like a snapshot of the culture of its time, you know, or a movie or, you know, what have you. Like, Definitely. Yeah. And it makes me think of um, the design of everyday things. That's like one of yeah. the most famous, most popular. Absolutely. Yeah. And what year was it written? I don't know. And you look at no. some, I think it's like 2000s. No, I think, I think they have an update, but I think it might be from. Was it actually the 80s? 
someone's gonna we'll, 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 fact check. we'll fact check but like reading the book you see pictures and it does feel old they're like talking about the mobile phone for instance. yeah right exactly but there's it's something the <laughs> but it is it's still it's still relevant like the messaging of how of course saying. yeah that's so. like that's the book that like also got me into design you know like design everybody thinks i love Yes. That, that reading that like just the uh the tea kettle on the cover exactly uh, those of you that haven't seen it it's like um a tea kettle that faces you so when you pour it it pour like all over you yeah so like that would hurt <laughs> and it's right. good right yeah so um but yeah like that that concept of like i think and norman doors is like a very familiar concept in the industry which is as you know like um like a push or a pull like there's a door over there and i was like is it a push or a pull it was a slide <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Had, hadn't encountered that one before so that was really interesting but it's like your fault. You know, we always right. think it's our yeah, fault. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not your fault. Trust fault. me. Yeah. <laughs> that door. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, well, perfect. I think that like this was super fascinating. I'm sure, really, yeah. really excited to read your book. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah, yeah I and yeah, we have a discount code, everyone. So definitely jump in there. Um, I think that's super exciting. I guess my question for you to kind of wrap it up is like. What's next for you? Where are you going yeah, from here? Uh, sleep, probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot about that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that recently. Like, so the teaching I like and the mentoring is great. And I think that's the thing I could do as agnostic of where I am. So right now I'm, you know, really in like in the work, you know, like at, at Amazon, I'm very much like working on the features and like doing the the day-to-day work of building that. I think um, the future for me, and I don't know if this is one, three, five years from now, uh, is, is, is stepping away from that a little bit. You know, like maybe it is... Um, you know, at an individual contributor level of like a staff or some sort of like principal role that like helps others do the work and like sort of unblocks and does like a little bit more of that strategy yeah. than like the the pixel perfect of it all, you know, um, right. a little bit less about that. Or it could be at some sort of like directorial level of like, you know, managing several people. I, I'm, I'm not actually sure if I want to manage or if I want to um, still be involved in like making the thing. Okay. Because I love making the thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, I find more and more with like the mentorship that I've been doing, like I'm starting to get a little bit more of an appetite for that management side of things. So I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's something that uh, I'm sure I'll keep figuring out. Yeah, yeah. I have a little note about that um, for you. We can definitely chat about this more. So yeah, I'd love to. Leaving leaving behind the design yeah. part of it took me. I literally it was like. It was like a five year like transition. Yeah, I was like, okay. I can't let go. I can't let go. Like, this is who I am. It's my identity. Like, I always right. want to be exactly. a designer. I like, it was such a struggle. Especially as a graphic designer. Yeah. Like, you were literally doing the design. Like, yes. that, that must be really hard. Yes. So how did you, how did you cope? I, I had to cut the cord because okay. I felt like the value I was providing, what I, the value I could be providing for my company was to be more strategic. Yeah. And by me doing customer work which I actually still do I always find it important to at least have one customer Mm -hmm. but so I still get to cover that slightly but I feel like the value I was providing was not doing pixel perfect designs like it was the strategy and like all of my learnings and so I think what was interesting is I handed off my designs but I I actually what's interesting is I don't miss it because I feel like I'm able to mentor and grow a team Mm -hmm. that can do it and so I'm still providing that like oversight Right. And helping people, which is exactly what you do, yeah. what is mentoring. So you still get to provide that value without being in the day to day. Yeah, no, that that's great. So like, it, it sounds like you might have done a ninety ten or like some percentage that you still help do the work, and you get to like be involved in what you love and what you've always wanted to do. But like for the most part, you like unblock so that others can do that work. So you force multiply yourself, but you're still 
within that space yeah exactly yeah I, I mean i love that that sounds great like a hybrid right With hybrid right. work it's just it's like, yeah. yeah it's like i um, can't let go it's like yeah. i still have to be attached in some way and it's something but that, that gives you the perspective because now you can empathize with like your team and like you understand how they do the work and exactly. like you can you also like have to like develop your skills or else you're going to be unable to like talk about figma exactly talk about ai and like prompt generation like you just need to know these things in order to communicate effectively right. as a leader so, exactly that's yeah. it and I'm hiring more people and design leaders are leading. I'm hiring design leads to take over more of leading designers. And then they're like, oh, but you want me to still do design work. And I'm like, well, I think there's value in that. And we talk right. about it, but being able to, like we talk about you, if you're doing it, you can lead right. and totally. relate in such a different way. Yeah. So like a, like a 70, 30 or an 80, 20, like exactly. I, I would say right now I'm at like a 90, 10, right. you know, the 90 is like the IC 10 of like the, the uh, mentor manager. Right. Type of thing. And maybe like a 50 50 right. would exactly. be like the next place I want to go. You know, like not, I don't think I'd ever want to be a, or I'll say ever, yeah. but I, 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 100 zero would be hard yeah. for me, I think. Right. I mean, you're a designer that's like in your yeah. blood. So I think finding that balance, but yeah, not being afraid so to give it up a little and test it because yeah. it was surprising how much I, it was hurting me more than helping me. Mm. I was stuck because yeah. I was a girl. Well, I mean, props to you for like recognizing that and then also <laughs> being able to let it go. You haven't let it go. You haven't let it go. You just yes. put it down. Yes. They're different. Yes, yeah. exactly. But yeah, I, I think that's that's an interesting goal. I mean, it makes sense for you and where you're going and yeah, I teaching think so. and so it feels like. Right. But I mean, who knows? I don't know. But it's something you could test and play with and yeah. slowly give a little bit more. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yes. Perfect. Um, well, awesome. And thank you so much. Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me again. I love this. So I know I'm so excited for your book. Um, and yeah, stay tuned for the next time we can. <laughs> yeah. When I write the next book, <laughs> right, the next book. <laughs> whatever, we'll, we'll follow along on what's next. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Thank you.